Hi, I'm Dr. Shante, and this is Branding for Believers, the podcast that I decided to turn into a pod class. I want you to come into this classroom with me, become engaged and learn everything you need to turn your fear into the faith you need to believe bigger in your dreams. So if you're ready to silence your fears and your doubts, keep watching. I'm Dr. Shante, and welcome to this episode of Branding for Believers. Yes, yes. Branding for Believers is the podcast that equips influencers and entrepreneurs to believe bigger in their dreams. And doing this live, it gives me energy. Um, when you do podcasts, you know, you could be sitting at home in your PJs with a microphone, but I choose to get engaged with my listeners because I appreciate you and want you to know that I appreciate you. So let's get into it. Today's podcast is all about decision making. One of the things that I've learned um, working with clients, working with people who are building their platforms is that there is a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty because the stakes are high, right? We don't wanna waste our time. We don't wanna waste our money. And so I'm going to, to lead you through the decision making process. So. Our guiding thought for today, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The writer here is James. And we are gonna be talking about the root of indecision, the consequences of indecision, and most importantly, the courage to make a decision. So why is it so hard for us to make decisions sometimes? Especially when it comes to our business. There are some things you know, where we know it, we got it, we good. But for some of us, it's hard to make decisions. Um, and not just about our business, sometimes we're indecisive about everything. Somebody asks you, you know, you hungry? Yeah, I could go for something to eat. What you wanna eat? <laughs> hmm. And it's like a deer caught in the headlights. Like you can't figure it out. You don't know, like you know you want something, but you don't quite know what. And for some people, you know, it's just a struggle. But in terms of, of our brands, of our business, one of the reasons why it's so hard to make decisions is because the stakes are high. When the stakes are high, meaning, you know, you know how that's saying, it takes money to make money. So we were like, look, I don't want to spend this money and, it, and I not be 100% certain about what it is that we're doing here. Um, it can be hard to make the decision because these decisions can be life-changing. You know, I know many people that have gotten into partnerships with people and those partnerships ended very poorly and it changed the whole dynamic of their lifestyle. Um, it can be hard to make decisions because, you know, of our goals and our interests and, and because of our relationships. So there are a lot of, of complex dynamics that are involved with regard to making our decisions. But I wanna talk today about the root of that. Like, where does that come from? So if you are in your business, you are building your platform and you are finding it difficult to make decisions about what exactly you want to do or who exactly you want to partner with and all these other myriad decisions that come with building your brand, uh, what your website is going to look like, all sorts of things. Indecision is really a manifestation of fear. It always comes down to that. Fear, okay? Fear of what? Fear of failure fear of uncertainty, fear of being wrong. And this is why it's dangerous to slap your name as some sort of expert of some kind until you really earn that title. Because if you go around saying, you know, I'm a celebrity stylist or I'm a celebrity, you know, coach,
coach or I'm a celebrity this because, you know, you were banking on, you know, one celebrity contract coming through. Well, what happens if the contract falls through? Well, shoot, I done already went out there and told people, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, we don't, we don't want to, to, to announce and make those decisions because we are afraid of what people are going to say about us if it doesn't work out. We're afraid of what could happen in our lives if it doesn't work out. I know people that have put up their rent money <laughs> to try to make their businesses run. And so if you got rent and you got kids and you have a whole other lifestyle that you need to support, you definitely want to make sure that you're sure. Um, Root of indecision comes from a lack of confidence. It's amazing how imposter syndrome works. People can tell you, you know, you are so good at this. You are so brilliant. You are like the man, like, oh my gosh, girl, you are doing it, you are killing it. And you don't believe it. Everybody believes it but you. Everybody sees your talent but you. And so when you are, are struggling with indecision, it, it is a, a clear sign that you are not confident in what you're bringing to the table. It's also a sign of self-doubt and insecurity. Also a reluctance to leave your comfort zone, okay? Because nothing great ever happens inside of your comfort zone. And so a lot of times when we are, are stuck with our decision-making, I'm like, mm, I haven't decided yet. That's kind of like the smoke screen for, I'm not ready to put myself out there yet. Okay, that's what that's about. Um, it's a sign of anxiety. And bottom line is it's a lack of faith. It's a lack of faith. You know why, why faith and motivation and inspiration is so popular? Because when you in that moment, you feeling good about it in that moment, but then when you get by yourself, it's like, ooh, I need another tape. I need another book. I need another, I need another mantra, okay? Because when you get by yourself and you have to make those decisions and it's all on you, um, it can be very lonely, it can be very intimidating in that process. But basically when you are, are afraid to make decisions, that's what the root of that is all about. Another thing with the root of indecision is you are looking for guarantees that do not exist. It's not faith if you know the outcome. It's not faith if you know the outcome. It's not faith if you know if it's a guaranteed, you know, bona fide, sure thing, okay. That's not faith. Nobody goes to bed at night wondering, oh my gosh, I wonder if the sun's gonna come up tomorrow. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Like this might be like our last night, so like let's just make it last and last and last because you don't know, the sun might not come up tomorrow. No, no. You have pretty good indication that when you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning, it's going to be there, okay? That's kind of one of the guarantees that we have, but in entrepreneurship, there are none. There are none. You could be doing all of this work, spend all of this money, put forth all of this effort for nada, for nothing, okay? There are no guarantees. So that's part of the root of the indecision is because you want something to be a sure thing. And let me tell you something. Please, please, please hear me. I'm reading a book right now called Stop Chasing Influencers. Um, very good book. And it talks about how we look to experts, we look to these influencers, we look to these big names and these people, and they have these five-step plans, right? Or this 10-step process, or you know, make money one, two, three. I think I've said this probably 600 times on this podcast, you can't copy and paste somebody else's success story. They can tell you how they did it, 
but you can't replicate their relationships. You can't replicate their hookups. You can't replicate their hustle because something that they're willing to do, you may not be willing to do. You may not have the capacity to do. And so a lot of times, you know, we, we say, okay, I'm going to invest in like this, this five-step program. And then you're wondering why it didn't work out for you because that's what worked for them. Okay. Also, a lot of times with those programs, I'm not going to say that they don't work, but they work when you have already built large audiences. Okay. So somebody do the math on this. Uh, young man, I'm, I'm going to have you go ahead. Go to your trusty calculator. So let's say you have mm, 30,000 people on your email list. Okay. And you have a product that you're getting ready to sell and you want to convert 5% mm, of that audience. So that's 1,500 people. 1500 okay. You want to sell your program for $497. So what's 1500 times 497 $745,500. Multiple six-figure success. And we like, yes, yes, I'm quitting my job. It's all good in the hood. I'm out of here. You know why they can do that? Because they've built a following of 30000 followers. So that means that in sales conversion, if you only convert a fraction of those people at that price point, because 497 is a steal for most online programs. I mean, that's a pretty accessible price point. That's three payments of like $167. Okay. That's pretty accessible. When you convert a fraction of a large audience, yes, those programs work. The issue is too often we want to launch our programs before we built our following. You can't launch to the crickets because the crickets don't purchase. So I'm not saying, I'm not trying to disparage any sort of expert influencer, but one of the things we need to keep in mind is that until you've done the hard, 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 hard work of building that audience up, those five-step quick fix, one, two, three programs tend to fall pretty flat. Um, you are looking for evidence that things are going to work out for you when there are no guarantees. And I love this quote from Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, she says, I think that most of us are raised with preconceived notions of the choices that we're supposed to make. We waste so much time making decisions based on someone else's idea of our happiness. So when you go and tell your parents, when you go and tell your people, I'm going to be a this. And they're like, how much does that pay? How long is that going to take? Well, did you get a degree in that? Well, why would they listen to you? And with every little dart thrown, you just shrink down, down, down. You know? And because you, your dream doesn't match somebody else's script that they've written for your life, then all of a sudden we're like, nah, I'll go into banking i.e. the job that you hate, i.e. the job that drains your soul because you are living somebody else's manifestation of your life. And this is why I stopped watching Say Yes to the Dress. Don't judge me. Um, <laughs> but I stopped watching Say Yes to the Dress because I got tired of these mothers who had already been married, who had already had their wedding, pouring salt on the dress that their daughter wanted to walk down the aisle. I don't know. I just... Mm. And they weren't even paying for it, you know? So here's a dress that she loves, but because mama didn't like it, oh, well, maybe we'll come back. And she walks out of the door empty-handed. Let me tell you something. God has given each one of us a blank canvas. You do what you want to do with your life. You got your canvas, you got your brushes. Stop letting somebody else take their brush and paint on your canvas. 
They had their canvas. They made their decisions. And don't get me wrong, more times than not, these are people that love you. They're trying to protect you. They're like, hey, I just don't want you, you know, chasing, you know, false hopes and dreams and blah, 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 blah. But um, Pat Flynn at last week's podcast conference, he said, I would rather have a life full of oh wells than a life full of what ifs. And too many people have a whole bunch of what ifs instead of oh wells, because oh wells mean I tried it and it didn't work out, but at least I went for it. So what are the consequences of indecision? Every decision has consequences. You hear that saying? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So every time you make a decision, it's going to set off a ripple effect of something, okay? So every decision has consequences and we often don't fully perceive them because they are hidden by the compromises that make us feel better. Mark Suster. Let me repeat that. Every decision has consequences. We often don't fully perceive them because they are hidden by the compromises that make us feel better. Consequence number one of indecision, living a life of compromise. Living a compromised life, a meet in the middle life. Well, at least I. How many times have you heard yourself saying that, well, at least I? Well, at least I got a job. Well, at least I got some benefits. Well, at least I. In other words, you've compromised your vision. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, throwing shade on paycheck, direct deposit, or benefits. But if you know that there's a calling on your life that you're supposed to do more than that, the word least should never come out of your mouth. So the first consequence of being indecisive is you are living a life of compromise. Instead of living the life that you're supposed to live, you go live in a life that, you know, is a safer bed, is somebody else's expectation, and you end up in a job that you hate. I know a lot of people that literally hate their job. They use words to describe their job like plantation. Well, <laughs> let me go pick that corporate cotton. You know, it's just like, man, I don't feel like that about my job. I'm a college professor. I don't have to go to work, I get to go to work because I love what I do, I love it. I love to teach, I was born for this. But not everybody has that. And so the thing is, you can be, and, and, and don't get it twisted, just because a job pays a lot of money doesn't mean that you're going to be happy. I know a bunch of miserable rich folks. Why do you think rich folks got more, so many problems? What Biggie say, more money, more problems. The next consequence, is a loss of productivity. So when you are waffling on what you're going to do, um, you're not being productive. You're not taking action. You're not moving forward. So you are losing productivity. The time that you spend wondering and wishing and mm, it's time that you could be spent actually building towards your dream. Not only that, a loss of opportunity. Be honest, how many of you have missed out on an opportunity because you waited too long to make a decision? I have, like, tag. if only I had, see, that's what indecision does. It costs you something. Sometimes we think that because we don't make decisions that we're playing it safe. No, indecision is a decision. When you decide that you're not going to do anything, you've already decided what you're going to do. And so indecision is a decision, loss of opportunity and loss of self. You had a dream once upon a time about what you wanted to do and then you got caught up in somebody else's vision. What's that saying? Um, if you don't follow your dream, somebody's gonna pay you to build theirs. Yep. 
So right now, some of you, your direct deposit, your paycheck, your benefits is coming from somebody that's building their dream. Well, they paying me $50,000. You think they're not making 500,000 off your back? That's why they can pay you $50,000. Your sweat equity makes sure that they can spend four weeks in the Caymans. Can you spend four weeks in the Caymans? Probably not. Okay, so, so don't get it twisted. Indecision is absolutely a decision. Malcolm Gladwell, um, great author, wrote Outliers, David and Goliath. One of his first books, um, Tipping Point, excellent book, Blink. Um, in Blink, he says that the key to good decision making is not knowledge, it is understanding. We are swimming in the former and we are desperately lacking in the latter. In other words, some of us are in that procrastination stage of, oh, I don't know enough. Let me go back to school. Let me take a class. Let me take another class. Well, let me buy a book. Well, let me buy a coaching program. Well, let me get my certification. And it's not about what you know. It's about do you understand with what that knowledge means for your life? I teach English at my college. And a lot of times students get caught up in the plot of the story. They want to tell me what happened. And I'm like, I already know what happened. I read the story. They're caught up in the knowledge. Well, I know what happened. I said, I don't care about what. I care about so what. You're so busy getting knowledge. Well, I need more knowledge. And when you get that knowledge, so what does that mean? What is the interpretation of what just happened in the story? What is the interpretation of that encounter you just had? What is the interpretation of that lesson that you just, just learned the hard way? What does that mean? And so we are swimming in knowledge because we think that knowledge is the cure-all. I just don't know enough. Oh, you know plenty. The key is you're not doing anything with the knowledge that you have. You don't understand what that knowledge means. And so until you reach a place of understanding, you will keep wasting time and wasting money, and wasting time, and wasting money, telling yourself that you don't know enough. Let me tell you something. My crew that is filming, recording this right now, what does Dr. Shante know about media production? Jack. What am I doing? I'm in the middle of a media production. I don't have to know. Andrew Carnegie died one of the richest men in the world he was the king of steel. He made his money in the steel industry. What did he know about steel? Nothing. What did he do? He surrounded himself with people who knew what the heck they were doing. I don't have to know as long as they know. You don't have to know. But you need access to somebody who does know. And then you just execute the plan. You just execute the vision. And let me tell you something. Respect your genius, okay? I'm not saying I'm all that in the bag of chips. Yet. No, I'm kidding. No, okay. I'm not saying I'm all that in the bag of chips, but one thing I tell you, I, I will tell you this. Respect your genius. Be comfortable with what you know and execute because if you don't believe in what you can do, how do you expect anybody else to believe in what you do? If you can't sell it, who can? It's your dream. And sometimes we hide behind books and coaches and other people and hope that they will sell our dream because you're not sold on it because you haven't decided that this is what's going to be no matter what. Courage. Disney, not Walt, brother Roy, okay? <laughs> Courage. When your values are clear to you, making decisions becomes easier. Who am I to tell you what's important to you? 
You know why I'm a college professor? Because it pays well? Not always, okay? It didn't in the beginning, okay? But the, and I will tell you this, when I applied for my job as a professor, there was a vacancy for the dean of my division. I was qualified to be the dean. I was qualified for that job. And that job paid double, double salary, what the professorship was making. So why would you go for the professorship? Because what I value was being at home when my daughter gets out of school. That's what was important to me. Because see, when you a dean, they don't care about your kid's soccer game. They don't care about the PTA. They don't care about parent-teacher conferences. They don't care about none of that. Because to whom much is given, much is required. And I decided that I wanted to have autonomy of my time. I didn't want to show up to work and somebody telling me what my agenda was going to be for the day. I value that. So when you are very clear on what your values are, making decisions is easy. Okay, when you're clear on what is most important to you, then it's very easy to sift out what goes and what doesn't. So when you are going through, okay, life, when you're going through jobs, you need to ask yourself, what did I learn about myself from this? What are you learning about yourself right now? One of the things that's, that many of my guests on the podcast have said up to this point is that so often we're so busy being busy, we're so busy doing stuff that we have not stopped to even ask ourselves, what does this mean for me? What am I learning from this? Hey man, you gonna be there? Yeah, I'll be there. And then you go and do that. Hey man, so what's up for tomorrow? Okay, I'll be there, I'll do that. You going, you seeing, you doing, so what? What does all of that mean? What are you learning about yourself in that process? What are you learning about other people? Because if we don't learn the lessons, we're destined to repeat the class. And some of us are in a class that we've been in for some years now. What would you do differently? What patterns are you noticing? Okay, so if you endeavor to do something and it didn't work out, what did you learn from that? What are you learning from how you spend your day? What are you learning from who you spend your time with? And so these are questions that you need to be asking yourself on a consistent basis. And when you do that, it'll become very clear to you what your values are and having the courage to make those decisions. I want to talk to you about, I want to ask a question about sure. um, what would you say to people whose biggest excuse for indecision is, I don't have the money? Like, I would do this, but I don't have the money. Um, I think so often we get defeated by that and mm -hmm. we just let it just stop us from doing anything. So what are some things that people can do in the now until they get the money? Okay. Um, well, it always depends on how much money, right? Okay, because some of us have the kind of dreams where we need like a venture capitalist or we need like an angel funder or we need like Kickstarter, okay, something like that. So part of it is, is, is how much money are we talking about? So if you're talking like some five, six figure number, then that's definitely the route that you need to go, okay? Um, do your homework about angel investing, venture capitalists, because there are people out there that are always looking for the next something to invest in. So it's just a matter of can you pitch it in a way that benefits them. That's something else I wanna make very clear. When you ask somebody for money, you need to articulate, as good as you articulate that pitch, what they're going to get in return. I've seen many, I've watched many pitch contests and the reason why people drop the ball on the pitch contest is because they don't know their numbers. And they say, okay, if I give you $50,000, what's the return on investment? How much does it cost per unit for you to create this so-and-so? Or if you're teaching a class, how much are you charging per student and, and how long is it gonna take you to, to turn a profit? And folks are like, 
but I got a dream. <laughs> and isn't that sufficient? No. Okay, so you need to be very clear on what they're going to get in return. Even if you do a crowdfunding campaign, um, at every level of donation, okay, it's, it says, if you donate at this level, here's what you'll get. If you donate at that level, here's what, you, what you'll get. So be very clear on that. Um, the other thing that I would say, if you need like a, a lesser or a smaller amount, um, this is where the, you have to have to do a gut check. It's like, okay, so what am I willing to do? Okay, to, to earn this money, okay? And there's a myriad ways of, of doing that. Um, some people do do things like go out and get an additional job. And I know it's like, oh my God, are you kidding me right now? Like, I already have. But sometimes that's what it takes um, in order to do that. Another thing that I would do is a lot of times when people tell me that they don't have money, I say, okay, pull three months worth of bank statements. And I want you to look at every dollar you spent on Panera, on the vending machine, on Starbucks, on real talk. On average, people find that they have about $275 of, hey girl, let's go to lunch money. And so, you know, Napoleon Hill asked the question, what are you willing to sacrifice to get what you want? Because there's no something for nothing. And so if you own ramen noodles from now until Christmas, because that saves you 270 some odd dollars if you know there's a possibility for you to convert your weekly gas money fee because even though gas prices are low right now um that 200 a month could be a 65 dollar pass on metro you know and you shrink you know your budget so I, are you willing to go without cable are you willing you know to go on a, a pay-as-you-go plan you know so it's sometimes it's not even a matter of how to get money sometimes we have it we just have to be willing to literally and that comes down to how bad do you want it how bad do you want it so crowdfunding venture capitalists definitely an option but I would also say look at your current expenses and see where you're willing to cut down willing to scale back and how much more quickly you can can do that also another thing that you want to consider that Dave Ramsey would say is debt so if you have like revolving debts you know I think I graduated college with seven-ish credit cards and no job so, uh, thank God we down to one, yes! Okay. <laughs> um, but the thing is that sometimes it's revolving debt. And so what Dave Ramsey would say is that extra money that you find cutting out Starbucks and things like that, if you find an extra $275, pay that on your lowest balance until you pay it off. And then you take the balance from that plus what you had in that extra money, and then you apply it to the next highest balance, and that's called the snowball method, where it begins to snowball until you've paid off all of your revolving debts and all of that extra money can be allocated towards your next hustle. Mine's is more of a statement than a um, question. Sure. You mentioned the fact that um, everyone sees your talent, but you, and then you mentioned about the blank canvas. Mm -hmm. That's how I used to be like, everybody has a talent god blesses everyone with a talent and i used to always ask well what is mine what is mine um i'm very good with numbers i work in finance but as you said you get up go to work every day and you working for someone else and everybody would always be like cooking like what are you talking about and me just like mm, whatever and not believing in that and people kept saying i wish i could cook like you or how my friends were like we would rather come over your house and eat than go to some of the popular restaurants you know around town and i push myself out there and I started the catering and I have so many people that say I like your your version of this better than a popular restaurant downtown so everybody does have their own talent and you have to believe and you have to recognize that and I'm one of the people that it took a minute because when you cook something as simple as cooking that you do every day you don't think that 
it's worth anything yeah, or it's else. special. You know, when everybody's at your house for Christmas or Thanksgiving and they making a point like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, missing their grandmother's house to come to your house to make sure, like, please put me up a plate and and I'm I'm serious and I'm not being funny because it's no, me, but I that's how you. it goes. And I started to think like. Well, hmm, maybe they are right. Maybe, you know, I've been cooking for free. Every event I was cooking for free, like, oh, just buy the food, I'll cook. And people still, you know, all my friends and family now, they still come to me and say, we'd rather give you our money, whatever you want, you know, versus going out to the other restaurants. So you have to recognize your talent and believe in you. And so when you were saying that, it resonated to me. You know what I appreciate about that? Um, I use a lot regardless of what you believe, whether you're a Muslim, Jehovah's Witness, Christian, whatever, I use the Bible as a lot of guiding principles because if you believe nothing else, the Bible, if you read it cover to cover, it's a story of the human condition. And one of my favorite stories is the story of the rich ruler who gave his people talents. He gave them some money, okay, and said, okay, now I'm going away, go do something with it. And one group, you know, one, he doubled his money, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's some more. Second one had done the same thing, doubled his money. Well done, here's some more. But that third one, because it's always one, that third one, he put it in the ground. Didn't do anything with it. And that's how we do sometimes. We have talents, we have gifts, because like you said, you don't think about it. When it just comes so easily, so naturally to you, you don't even think about it, that's a gift. And when you don't do anything with it, what happened in that story was he said, okay, well, since you didn't do anything with it, I'm taking yours away and I'm going to give it to somebody who's going to do something with it. So don't sit on your talents, okay, because if you're not going to do anything with it, then you lose the opportunity to use it, you miss your season, and then it goes to somebody else who's going to make that manifest into something that is productive. So thank you guys so much. As always, you can catch me on Twitter, on Instagram, your shout outs. I always appreciate your comments and I always respond to them at Dr. Shante Says. And you can find all of the resources that we talked about in this episode in the show notes. I will see you next time on our next episode. Thank you for watching and listening Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at brandingforbelievers.com. And you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. All of a sudden, nothing. I'm going to tell you something. There is not an entrepreneur alive that did not meet a valley of dry bones that didn't have excitement and dreams and goals. And I mean, they were so pumped up. And then something happened. For some people, a lot of some things happened. <clears throat> and they found themselves in a pit of despair. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.